Welcome on in Bay Area or wherever it is that you may be listening. I suppose Seattle. Well, with how many New how, York? How many Twitter followers do we have? Like, Ooh, don't don't rub salt in those. Well, ones. I'm just saying if we if we don't have a ton of followers, I doubt anybody's listening anywhere other than the Bay Area. But if you're listening outside of the Bay Area, God bless you. Uh, hopefully, we made it easy enough for you to do it. Welcome on in. This is no work today. I am Bill, aka Zachariah. Even though it seems like it should be the other way around. Uh, to my right is Hank, to his right is Sal, and together we make No Work Today on Twitter, at No Work Today, K-N-O-W, Work Today. How's that uh, How's that uh, Twitter follower thing going? We should change our name to No Followers Today. Oof. That actually might get us a lot of followers. Yeah, I bet. Might not be a bad idea. Uh, all right, we'll get to some fantasy here in a second, but first, a word from our proud sponsor, The Lumber Baron. Go to www.thelumberbaron.com. Use the promo code No Work Today for a 10% discount on your next fencing, decking, siding, or reclaimed project. The Lumber Baron, real good wood. Again, uh, d- uh, thelumberbaron.com, the promo code, no work today. All right, you gentlemen wanted to talk fantasy. First of all, I want to put on Hell the poll. Yeah. Do you want us to talk fantasy? Of I feel course like, they do. I feel like the, the only two things in life that I hear that people don't want to hear about is a bad beat in Texas Hold'em or your fantasy team. But you guys want to talk fantasy, so we're going to talk fantasy. Uh, we'll find out as we get feedback whether or not people like to hear it. Look, obviously, people, people don't want to hear specific stories about your fantasy team. The subject of fantasy football is a very popular subject to discuss. Yeah, don't they turn saying. to uh, Matt Berry for that? Fuck Matt Berry. Okay, all right. Fuck Matt Berry. We're off to a good start. Um, we can start with this. Is there anything more annoying? Now, I have the package here at the house. All these guys come over. Oh, and, boy. And not, the, not this. Feed at the teat. Never throw on the package. Use all the electricity. <laughs> eat and drink whatever they want. Come and go as they please. This is Billy at his best. Is there anything more annoying than the guy that's constantly badgering you about your fantasy team? Now, look, you can root for guys and root against guys, but I had two people over that were going against each other and they were bitching about how they were jinxing the other person. Devil tongues. That that stuff's real. It's awful. It's pretty much unbearable. But here's the absolute worst. And this comes from your boy, Hank. This guy was losing by 1.3 points or something. What was the actual number? 1.2. What was 1.2? 1.2 points. And for no exaggeration, 24 hours... He badgered me about whether or not he should start OBJ or who is who is even the other guy? Kenny dead to me now, Galladay. But he who, got you the win. Oh, he got 1.3 in the most pathetic manner. You could get 1.3. You could have you could you could have started a corpse and you would have won. And all yeah. you did was who should I start? Who should I start? Who should I start? Who should I start? <laughs> well, How Odell- many times did he ask you, Sal? A uh, half dozen. That's it? Yeah. Asked me no no exaggeration 30 and then did the annoying thing of texting a, a mass text thread. Asking them who we should start out of the two. Well, here was my concern. I was rooting is, against you so is hard. Is when you only need 1.2 points, the last guy you want to start is a guy who's a potential decoy or may give it, pull the Jordy Nelson on you and go out there for one slant route, have the incomplete and pull up lame, say, coach, it doesn't feel right and come out. I just, I, if Odell came away and hit me with a goose, I was going to vomit, Bill. Okay. So that's what I needed to you know. You made me vomit for 24 hours going into the game. It hurt. And I wish that he hadn't got it. It hurt. And the fact that he got, I'm still waiting on that stat correction to come oh, hammer me over the back of my head. tricky. I've seen many of people lose on the old stat correction. That's the worst way to lose. Oh, it's, that's such a good You wake up Tuesday morning, you think you got a W. Next thing you know, you check your fantasy team, you've got an L because there was a, there was a miscalculation on some yardage some, that got overturned after all the NFL people reviewed the tape. 
some son of a gun fumbled when 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 really initially they called it a, a fumble on someone else or who knows. All right, so I got nothing on this topic other than the fact that you annoyed the hell out of me for 24 hours for the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my life. By the way, OB, OBJ got more points than the idiot that you trotted out. That's a fact. I wish you had lost. So what do you guys want to talk about? What is the what is the fantasy topic du jour? Well, one one thing that I wanted to talk about that I felt strongly enough to actually write on a notepad that I'm looking at. That right is now. actually, if you don't know, Hank, that's the most impressive thing you've heard all day. I'm guessing that's the first time you've used a notepad in about 20 years. Some like that, but right. but it was going to be a question for either picking between players when one is struggling to determine who to start, or for daily fantasy because it could be applied to both. And that question is for Sal the book, and it's. How good of a strategy is it, do you think, to, to when you are given that tough decision, pick simply based on the, the Las Vegas over-under, obviously picking the player in the game with the higher over-under, assuming that their, their lines are sharp enough that they're going to project these high-scoring games at a high enough clip that they'll make the decision for you? Well, the, the over-under does give you an indication on what the total scoring in the game is going to be. But when we're dealing with fantasy, we're dealing with individual players rather than teams. So the other thing you really have to consider is what is that player's usage? Again, usage is much more uh, valuable in fantasy than efficiency a lot of the time. So if it's a running back, we're looking at how many carries, how many touches is he going to get. As a receiver, how many targets is he going to get? So a good example of that, I guess, is you could see teams that have high-scoring offenses like the New Orleans Saints or the New England Patriots. Their totals are going to be very high, but because they spread the ball around so much, an individual receiver might be risky. Whereas you could go with a guy who's the clear-cut number one receiver on a team that the total's lower, but he's just going to get a greater share of his targets because there's not that many other guys to uh, dilute the the usage and spread the ball around too. So I think the total gives you an indication of how much flag. scoring there's going to be in the game. Hank's phone went off. Flag. Put your phone on silent, man. It's on. It's on one bar volume. Put it on no silent. one would. Have, you can't hear that. I heard it, and I'm, maybe it came up on the mics. Maybe it didn't, but I heard it. Go ahead, Sal. Sorry. I was just saying the, the total gives you an indication of how much total scoring there's going to be, but what it doesn't tell you is how much usage is that individual player going to get. So it's helpful in in saying what's available, but you need to think about what is that person's share in the offense. Who's he, who's he splitting time with? Who's he sharing targets with? What else we got? Uh, we're going to talk about... I got nothing on this, by the way, so I'm just going to keep tossing back to you guys. I'm going to sit here and play <laughs> dominoes on my phone because I got I don't have much on fans, man. I, I go on I my mean, gut. You, pl- you, play, you play multiple leagues, so I don't understand what you mean you have nothing on it. Well, I mean, I don't have anything on it in terms of anything outside of what... Like, I don't have any inside knowledge. I, I mean, I, I like the theory. If you look at the over-under, you figure a lot of points are going to be scored. Pick that guy over a guy that's in a game where the over-under sure. is low. I like, I, the, I like theory. the theory, but I don't have like much in-depth on it. Like, I can't give anything other than what you and you and Sal said. So what's the next Well, let me, the let, next me, let, me let me propose this strategy to what? you, and you tell me what you think about this. This right. is human psychology. Okay. 102, as Bill would say. Psychology 102. Okay. Um, Do you guys not know that there's 102 <clears throat> in college? Uh, here, th- let me ask this. Is Serious a- question. Just back up real quick. They're making fun of me because I said I had sociology 102. The, the common the- one is 101. Of course. Uh, no. But you know that there's 102 and 103? I mean, do you guys actually not know that? I don't understand why you're making fun of me about it. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, this, is, this is being put to you as a question. Okay. Do you think it's safe to assume a, a players in the NFL in their contract years perform at a higher clip? than players who have just been recently paid. Yeah, I think that's provable, right? If you go over all the people in their contract years, isn't it normally their career highs? 
They generally it's sad, but true. I mean, as a fan, you would like to think that all these players are playing equally as hard, and I think the majority of them are. But yeah, I mean, I think statistically, people's contract years are probably higher than any other year. Not only do they generally play, they not only do they play harder. I would theorize, but they generally play through more injuries. So what I'm getting at here is a maybe a decent strategy is to pick players in their contract year. I like that. You know, like when they put the players by. They should also put if they're in their if they're That's, in their contract. Here. Yes. How, when was this guy last recently yeah. paid? Like when and you're how drafting, much? It says the bye week. It says yeah. all this information. To, give me a check mark if he's in his if he's in his contract. You, you take a guy like Ant Brown who just got caked out. The guy might hit you for dud after dud like he's done so far. But you get a guy hungry for that loot. He's not gonna. What do you think, Sal? Uh, th- that motivation is is one piece. Um, I think a, a, an angle that I like as much as that, if not more. Uh, is looking for players with continuity. Is there continuity in the scheme? Do they have the same offensive coordinator year over year? If a guy just moved teams and he's matched up, he's a receiver who's matched up with a different quarterback, I have some trepidation. We talk about chemistry a lot in basketball, but I think chemistry is just as existent in football, uh, both with receivers and quarterbacks having chemistry for their timing and routes, uh, but also a running back being used consistently in the same scheme. I mean, we saw what happened with DeMarco Murray. He had a monster year with Dallas and then went to Philadelphia and was horrible mm-hmm. because Chip Kelly's offense was not conducive to his to his style of running. So I think uh, contract year is good, but I also like to look for continuity. I'm more confident predicting somebody's performance if the, all the other variables around them have stayed the same versus when somebody goes to a new team. I'm, I'm experiencing that with Terrell Pryor this year. High draft pick, good receiver, should be getting a ton of targets in Washington, not clicking with Cousins yet, and there's no discernible reason other than doesn't have the chemistry, doesn't have the familiarity. Let me toss something to you, Hanky Poop. Uh, you actually brought it up, but I'm just going to toss it to you because I, I went and looked it up after you said it. Uh-huh. You asked, is this the return of the running back? And I'm looking at this is this obviously. Year. Yeah, this year. But obviously we're only talking about two weeks in, but I just checked out the numbers and pretty standard or not standard, but whatever. The fantasy leagues that we play in, well, yeah. if, if you throw the quarterback out, nine of the top 11 fantasy outputs are the, the, the highest leaders in scoring for between wide receivers and running backs, nine out of 11 are running backs. Yeah, Only that, two out of the top 11 are wide receivers. It, it feels like it has really been the year of the running back early. Pretty much. And the, one of them's Crabtree. Yeah. I mean, the top five wide receivers taken in probably 95% of redraft league drafts have been, have pretty much been duds, other than Mike Evans, who played one game and he had a hell of a game but mm-hmm. Beckham has played only one of two and he stunk it up points wise sure he was hurt uh, you know there was circumstances but yeah. uh Ant Brown has been underwhelming Julio OBJ we talked about earlier yeah uh Julio Jones has been underwhelming basically it's been uh rookie Kareem Hunt rookie running Kareem backs. Hunt is running away with Who, it right yeah now. I mean whoever picked Kareem Hunt in your league that guy is feeling pretty goddamn good right now and Ty Montgomery Todd Gurley's been good Ty Dollar Sign that's my boy from Stanford that guy I love that he still wears 88 and goes out there and totes that rock they say <laughs> hey 88 halfback dive he goes that's me coach anything Sal uh, yeah, I think I'm part of the, what we see with the NFL embracing more and more a short passing game. We've seen completion percentages skyrocket in the last decade. And we saw Sam Bradford, who nobody thinks of as a star quarterback, set the NFL all-time record for passing completion percentage last year. And I think the NFL really looks for those positive plays, those consistently, you know, 
uh, high percentage throws, and I think that leads to more and more targets going to the running back. So when you have a running back, he's scoring not only with carries, but he's scoring with receptions as well, and that feeds into one of the reasons why we're seeing running backs with such high uh, volume scores. Who else? Who do you think has been just an early shocking dud? Do you have anyone that just jumps off the board at you? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't consider him a dud, but Le'Veon Bell is frequently one of the top scorers in all of fantasy, and he missed all of training camp, and all indications were that he was keeping himself in shape, he was good to go, um, and he struggled the first two weeks. Uh, week one, they didn't use him quite as much as you usually expect. He was actually getting taken off the field in some of the wide receiver sets where he's normally the third wide out, and it was coming off, and then in week two, he got a ton of cut touches but wasn't productive. Uh, I think it's still too early to take anything from that. I think he'll be fine. He should get back to his usual ways. Um, but that's been a guy who a lot of people have been probably counting on who's underperformed. That could be a guy where I don't know if the, if if you're playing with big enough donkeys, you might be able to get a guy to kind of sell him low a little bit right now. There there if there might be a couple of couple of people panicking on Le'Veon Bell, but again, he was so, he is so highly touted that that's... T.Y. Hilton, you were mentioning, right? Oh, yeah. That's not his fault, though. Who the no. hell's throwing him the damn ball? He's got two quarterbacks already. And Sal mentioned it when we were discussing T.Y. the other day. He's not one of these jump ball artists who you can just sync up with any QB and the guy can just chuck rainbows. And go and, get it. And he, you know, he goes up there and gets it in double coverage. He needs to be in sync with a QB. He's, he's a smaller guy who requires timing. All right, you got anything else? I told you, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fantasy guy. You guys are going to have to pepper me with uh, topics and questions. No, but I, I just I loved your take of yourself as a non-fantasy guy, despite the fact that you're grinding your tail out in multiple leagues for a decade straight, mind you. It's not that I don't like fantasy. I love it. Like no, it, I know, it, but it, the, it makes games very interesting. What I'm saying is I can't hit you with much. Like I, I, I love your theories, but I, I mean... I'm a donkey when it comes to betting and when it comes to fantasy. Like when I I didn't do any research, I just looked at the board and I said I feel good about this guy. I don't feel good about that guy. That's just how I, I'm. Just I'm a whim guy. I think Love more it. people are whim guys than hardcore research. I can give you some strategies, guys. Another flag. Second flag on Hank. That was not a flag. Something fell. That's two flags. Come yeah, on. you dropped it. It that, was your phone. It your fell. phone was the like culprit. Le'Veon Bell stock yet again. All right, uh, we're going to do, what are we going to do? Are we just going to look back at week one and two since we didn't really do a week one recap the next time they hear our voices? I'm not sure what the next or time. Do you want to do best 2-0, and 0-2 teams? Yes, I am foaming at the mouth about that. All right, we'll do that. We'll do the best and worst 2-0 and teams, best and worst Owen oh, two teams. Don't forget follow us on Twitter at no work today. That's pretty. K-N-O-W, please do that. O W work today on Twitter and go to thelumberbaron.com. Use the promo code no work today. Get yourself ten percent off your next any kind of wood, any kind of project. They can get it done down there at the Lumber Baron. Holler at Max for Sal for Hank. I am Bill, aka Zachariah. Until next time, holla. That was a better uh, dismount. I'm working on it.